Okay. So I was mentioning that one of the inspirations for the talk was watching the jellyfish at Monterey Bay Aquarium and uh, just being kind of entranced by their movement. And we'll come back to that uh, actually later on in the talk. But one of the other reasons I really want to give this talk is because I think that there's often this idea that in this practice um, that we have to be still. We have to be still um, in our bodies in order to do it. And it's true that in this practice we value stillness. We certainly value stillness. Certainly in the mind we value stillness, in the body we value stillness, but we don't have to limit our practice to the time when we can be still. If our practice ends when we go back into movement, then we're losing a lot of opportunity to deepen our understanding and deepen our mindfulness. And so I want to explore this with you this evening. And this will definitely be, as I said, an exploration. We'll, we'll be doing this together. So first of all, the, one of the reasons, like I mentioned, um, to even bring awareness to mindfulness is for continuity. Um, we actually, as we're building our practice, it's wonderful to be able to come here on Thursday nights it's actually it's, it's a, a really great thing to do. And it's a really wonderful thing to have a practice every day if you have a home practice and to be able to have time to sit and um, cultivate this practice. And it doesn't need to end there. In fact, if you are someone who is finding that settling the mind is really difficult, how many of you find that settling the mind is really difficult? Concentrating the mind is really difficult. Wait a second. Put those hands back up and just look around. <laughs> That's a nice reality check. Yeah. Part of the reason of, for that is, well, there could be lots of reasons, but one of the reasons, my guess is, is a lack of continuity. A lack of continuity of mindfulness and concentration. And of course, of course, we live in really... Uh, different, um, at a really different pace. We have really different lives outside of our meditation practice, most of us. Uh, We're not living in retreat, most likely. Most likely you have a job or you go to school or um, you have a family or you have a dog or, you know, you have things that you do. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to feed yourself. You have to do the dishes and the laundry and... Uh, you know, you have to drive places or get on a bus, and um, there's a lot of activity involved in our life. And so if we aren't conscious that we can, in fact, bring practice to all of these things, and we can do it in many different ways, but one of the ways being bringing mindfulness to our movement. If we don't know that, then, of course, we're not, we're not engaged in that way in our practice. And so tonight, my hope is that this will start a whole new beginning of your practice, that you'll keep your sitting practice, but to add on to it a movement practice. And a movement practice that is 
really practical to who you are. Some of you may already have a movement practice. You're engaged in yoga or tai chi or some kind of sport. Maybe you're an avid walker or hiker. Um, And that's really fantastic. Keep doing that. You might end up bringing more of the quality of your sitting practice to those movement practices, I'm hoping, after tonight. So continuity is really important. Continuity of mindfulness or of movement can increase our mindfulness and strengthen our concentration. Uh, this is a quote by Sayuda U Sila Ananda. If one wants to boil water, he, he likens boiling water to um, our mindfulness and concentration practice. If one wants to boil water, one puts water in a kettle, puts it on the stove, and turns the heat on. But if he turns off the heat, even for an instant, the water will not boil. If the heat is turned on, even if the heat is turned on again, again later, if one continues to turn the heat on and off again and again, the water will never boil. In the same way, if there are gaps between our moments of mindfulness, one cannot gain momentum and so cannot attain concentration. So that's, I mean, that sounds maybe a little hardcore. There's meant to be no gaps between our moments of mindfulness. And what he's saying, though, is there's something very true to that. That the more we practice and the more we have this continuity of mindfulness through our day, the stronger our concentration Becomes. It just makes sense when we think about it in this way. And yet, how many of you come on a Thursday night and maybe you haven't practiced since last Thursday night? Or maybe you haven't been here for a month and that was the last time you practiced and you sit down and your mind is all over the place and you get frustrated with yourself. <laughs> or you feel like, this shouldn't be happening. Or everyone else is so still and seems to be so mindful except for me. And so the truth is that, of course, your mind is going all over the place, and of course it's hard to settle, because the continuity of practice just isn't there. And so here's a way to increase it. The other reason to bring mindfulness to movement is for interest. I think that one of the challenges, especially for those of you Uh, who have been practicing for a long time, I'm guessing you've probably hit a point in your practice where it got a little stale. It got a little boring. Or even if you're just starting out and you're really trying this out and you really want it to happen, but you just find it so... uh, It's just kind of boring. You're sitting here, it's quiet, there's not a lot going on. Maybe you're paying attention to your breath, maybe sound, maybe, maybe the body, but it's just not so interesting. And so bringing attention and curiosity into movement is a really wonderful and even fun way to bring up our interest. We actually need that interest to bring in more energy into our practice. If we're bored and uninterested, then our mind definitely goes to something else because it wants to be interested. It wants to go to wherever it's interesting, right? It's just the inclination of the mind. Even if it's in our imagination, we come up with whole worlds sitting here for the 45-minute sit because it's more interesting than the inhale and exhale of our breath, maybe. Right? 
So we need that interest. We need it to actually bring in more energy into our body when we're really into something. Maybe we're really into the breath. Suddenly it becomes fascinating. We can feel a shift in the energy of our body. We're more awake. We're more alert. And from there, that's actually one of the ingredients for a concentrated mind. We need energy in the body and we need interest in the mind to become concentrated, meaning the mind becomes very stable and collected on whatever it is we're paying attention to. It doesn't get moved around so much. So uh, interest with movement, those two things can certainly come together. And then lastly, uh, I think that bringing mindfulness to movement helps us to really understand the quality of mindfulness that is being the observer of our experience. I often like to liken mindfulness to being an observer. An observer is um, not passive with their attention, but passive with their control over what they're observing. Maybe I'll say that one more time. When we're practicing mindfulness, we aren't passive. We are uh, very much connected to whatever it is we're paying attention to. So we're not passive with our attention, but we're passive with our control. We're not trying to control the moment in any way. We're simply looking to see what's there. So when we are paying attention to movement, for example, the breath, which we'll do, I think we'll practice with the breath in just a moment. You know, if we are actually controlling the breath and trying to have a breath that is a certain way, um, we really notice it in our ability to breathe well. So you might notice that if the mind gets involved while you are trying to pay attention to the breath, this happens a lot, especially if you're new to the practice. You, your breath, you feel like you're having to suddenly think about how to breathe, <laughs> even though the body knows perfectly well how to breathe on its own. But it's one of those uh, physiological um, abilities that we can breathe on our own, but we can also think about our breath and purposely breathe in a certain way. When we're practicing mindfulness in this tradition, We're simply observing the breath. We're not trying to change it in any way. And that can be really difficult at first. And so when we're paying attention to that movement, is it fluid? Is it natural? Or is there something about it that feels really forced and tight, um, unnatural? Then uh, paying attention to being the observer of that movement gives us a lot of information about how much control we are actually putting into the moment. Are we trying really hard to control our experience and have it be a certain way? And so movement is a great place to explore this. So I'd like us to explore this. Well, let's do just a short, because I know you just sat quite a bit, so we'll do a short exploration on just the breath. 
And for those of you where the breath is really hard, maybe because um, you have more of a... uh, Sometimes people have a traumatic relationship with the breath for various reasons. You're welcome to simply listen and only participate to the point that is comfortable. So this isn't something you have to do. But for everyone else, I, I really want to invite you to check this out. So... To begin with, go ahead and close your eyes. If you're feeling really sleepy, just keep your eyes open and look down towards the floor. And bring your attention immediately to your breathing. And know that you're breathing. Become the observer of your breath. And see if you can lightly drop the concept of breathing, that I am breathing. See if you can bring your attention simply to the sensations that are happening because you're breathing. So instead of feeling the breath and knowing breath for just a a little while, just know the sensations. So know perhaps expansion. Perhaps uh, a feeling of temperature as you breathe in and breathe out. Contraction as you breathe out. and any other micro-sensations. Notice if you're controlling the breath as you're observing it. See if you can relax that control and trust that the body knows how to breathe all on its own. And you are right now simply a quiet observer to that movement happening in the body. And now I'd like you to Connect those sensations. If you aren't already, connect them together and really feel the flow of sensation. There's a rhythm to the breath. See if you can increase your curiosity as you're looking, observing this rhythm inside the body. might notice not just the chest area moving now, but maybe how it's affecting the whole body as you're breathing. Feeling that movement 
through the whole body. So this is a practice that we are often doing here. Um, But perhaps finding new ways to look at it, whether it's looking at it as a rhythm, looking at it as a full experience, looking at it as not breath, but just all these micro uh, movements within the body. Uh, Just another way to relate to it. Perhaps there was imagery that came up. Did anyone have imagery come up with it? Sometimes I have uh, uh, water, like a tide coming in and out in my mind. There's something about that that always relates to to the breath for me. Anyone else experience something like that? You can get creative with it and see how you might relate to this particular movement in the body. So this is the movement we are often feeling while we're sitting. But now I want to bring that movement out into our maybe uh, fuller body movement. And so what I'd like us to begin with is our arms. And, you know, some of us, this might be real, really physically challenging. Um, and anything that I'm going to have us do this evening that is physically challenging, that you want to either opt out or just kind of do the best that you can or... Uh, adapt it in a way that that really works for your particular body, that's great. Okay, so you have full permission to do what you need to do to participate. We're going to start with our arms, and what I'd like us to do is as we breathe in, just bring our arms fully up towards the ceiling the best you can, and then as you breathe out, to bring them down. Okay. We're going to do this multiple times now. And I want you to bring your attention. You might even close your eyes for this. But I want you to bring your attention into the arms and really feel what it's like to raise the arms and then bring them back down. Noticing all the different micro uh, uh, sensations, noticing the body as a whole as you're moving in this way and how it might... um, feel in different areas of the body, okay? And you can do it at the pace of your, of your breathing. Okay, so let's do this. We'll do it about five times. Okay, and then I'd like us to actually stand up. 
And again, do what works for your body. But wait a second, not yet. (laughs) Sorry. We're going to do this all together, and we're going to do it with our full attention in our body. And notice um, what that's like to be doing this not so automatically, but to be doing it very mindfully. For some of you, that might mean going up really slow. For some of you, you might notice a difference in your balance. Um, So grab onto something if you need to, the back of a chair, you want to scoot to the wall, whatever you need. Um, Yeah, that's all I'll say. And let's give it a try. Okay, ready? (laughs) And we'll stand. And then now once we're here... Feeling the feet on the ground. Feel the legs supporting you. The torso, the arms, hands, shoulders, neck, head. The Buddha talked about four postures of practice. And it's actually walking, standing, sitting, and lying down. And there was no value system to any of those, that these were all perfectly suitable positions for practice. And so feeling the body in standing. Now, as we stand here, my guess is you're not standing perfectly still that there's probably some kind of movement going on. Certainly there's the breath. There might be some swaying happening. Notice if you're trying to control any of those movements. See if you can let that go a little bit. Let the body move in the way that it wants to move. And simply observe what that feels like. going to purposely add more movement to this subtle movement that we may be experiencing in the body right now. And what I'd like you to do is actually start to walk around the room the best you can. I know not everyone will be, and so if you're not, uh, don't worry. There's, there'll be a very quickly an addition to this that I think you'll be able to participate in. So if you are able to, to please begin to walk around the room in no particular way or direction. I'd like you just to see where your body wants to go. It might actually just want to stand there for a while. Bring your attention really fully inside yourself so you're not needing to look around and see what is everybody else doing. You don't need to um, add any comparison. 
between yourself and others. Just be aware that they're there so you're not bumping into them. So you're having to multitask a little bit. You're needing to pay attention to where you are going. But I also want you to bring a lot of attention into the sensation of walking around, feeling the feet on the ground, feeling the legs moving, noticing what the torso and the arms are naturally doing. Just see what is the movement happening right now. So interestingly enough, everyone is going fairly slow. Perhaps it's because you've been trained in this way, or perhaps it's because this is a much easier way to bring awareness into the body for most, is to go slowly. I'd like you to now walk just a little bit faster if you can and if you'd like. And I'd also like you to incorporate your arms in some way. It might mean uh, having them go back and forth. It might be flapping them like a bird. It might be uh, stretching them up to the ceiling. It can be whatever seems right for you. And remember... (laughs) There's no need to look around and see what is everyone else doing. See if you can just bring your attention fully into yourself and notice the movement. What does this feel like? Notice the subtlety of sensation as well. So we can go back and forth feeling these much larger movements that we're doing with our arms and our legs, but there might be also much more subtle movements happening in the body right now that we can bring full attention to and be just completely conscious of. And then you can find your way back to your spot. And then you're welcome to sit down if you'd like. Some of you might find that standing actually felt really good. We've been sitting for a while, and you're welcome to stay standing.
you know, these bodies, when we use them for meditation, uh, in the sitting meditation, the reason we have these other postures is because the body won't stay in that seated meditation forever. Uh, for most of us, the body at some point um, comes to a point where it's just not healthy anymore to stay in that seated position. For some of us, it might be for a long time that we can stay seated. For some of us, it might be a very short time. But either way, there's a reason why the Buddha incorporates walking and standing and laying down as very suitable positions. Uh, One is just out of being practical, that our body can't just stay in that seated position. And the continuity of practice is so much more important than us being able to sit for long periods of time. It's way more important. And then also, for us who are not living as monks, we're lay people out in the world, like I was saying before, um, we're taking on all of these positions constantly throughout our day. And so to learn how do we incorporate practice into that. And so these more kind of gross movements of the body that we just did, we can bring awareness into that. We can bring awareness to just simply walking down the street. We can bring awareness when we are dancing, when we are doing our exercises. Um, We can do it when we are standing in line somewhere, when we're filling up our car with gas, when we are um, sitting with a friend, All of these are perfectly acceptable opportunities to practice and bring attention to many different things, but one of them can be the movement. Another way that we can experience movement is through energy in the body. And we don't talk about this very much, I think. Um, But we can experience uh, energy in the body just like we experience Uh, the movement of our muscles and skeletal structure. We can experience our energy in the body just as well as we can experience our emotions and our mental state. And I'd like us to explore this now as a way of practicing with movement. This is a very subtle experience of movement that is now back into the body. Um, In you know, this is an experience that we're probably not producing like we are purposely with our movements that we just did. Oftentimes our energy changes depending on what's going on in our mind. So when we have certain emotions, the energy in our body changes. When we are in different physical states, our energy changes. So for example... If you are uh, driving and not really paying attention to where you're going and all of a sudden you're seeing brake lights in front of you and you slam on the brakes, what happens most likely is you get an adrenaline rush. And that is a, uh, an energy in the body that we can feel really strongly, actually. It's not so subtle. You get this rush of adrenaline and we can pay attention to that as well as Uh, when we're feeling really calm, the energy of just being really soothed and calm and relaxed in the body and how our energy feels when that's present. 
We can feel our energy when we're feeling certain emotions like anger. I experience uh, anger often as an energy that just fully takes over uh, my upper body. I really feel it in my upper body, and we'll all feel it in different places. I say anger because often that's a stronger emotion that also brings in a stronger energy, and so we can feel that in the body. Um, There might be a more subtle, maybe just a content... uh, Contentment in the, in the mind, a content emotion happening, and how does that actually affect the energetic body and the movement there? Anxiety has a particular energy to it as well. So these, are, um, these two are movements within the body that we can pay attention to. And it might be helpful to think of them as movements. Oftentimes, different energies, especially if you are sensitive to them, um, can be a bit overwhelming if we're not prepared for them. And they kind of show up at times when we'd rather they didn't. And if we can think of it as just movement in the body, it can actually put it in a context that's really helpful. So what I'd like us to do right now is notice the energy in our body. And so again, to do this, to find whatever position is going to be most supportive for you. So I see someone laying down. Most of you are sitting. If you'd like to stand, because that would be supportive, please do. But bringing your attention into the body and just notice what your energy level is. Is your energy settled or is it excited? Is your energy concentrated in a particular spot? Maybe you're really feeling it in a particular spot in the body, that movement. Or is it more dispersed throughout the body? Maybe you even feel it going beyond the body. That's possible. Does your energy in the body feel really strong, perhaps even powerful? Or is it feeling uh, weak and uh, perhaps tired, drained? One way that you might be able to connect with the energy in the body, if it's seeing, it's, if you're finding it to be a bit difficult, is to see if there's a particular color that goes with it, or an image that goes with it. And see whatever you're finding, if you can see it as movement, even if it's tired, even if it's Really, really calm and still in there. 
See if even that calmness and stillness has some sort of movement happening. So I have actually two other ways to explore movement right now, but I want to stop and just see what's happening for you. What are you, what are you noticing? Where has it been so far kind of difficult to bring awareness to movement? Um, and we can just pass around the mic for, for those who would like to share. I'd really like to hear what's happening for you. Um, I've been the last four weeks or so walking to work, which is about four miles, and home. And I've been really striving to be mindful walking. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of meditative walking very slowly, but it takes me about an hour and five minutes to get downhill all the way to work and about an hour and 20 minutes to get back. So I'm very interested to see the challenges of um, coming back to myself, having lost uh-huh. mindfulness for... You know, chunks of time and say, okay, being patient, you know, being mindfulness again. So this is a wonderful topic for me that oh, you brought up this time. That's great. That's nice. Yeah, Jim is right behind you. It reminds me a little bit of, um, I think it was last week I was uh, climbing in the elevator, leaving work one evening, and... Um, I was kind of feeling like I'd been sitting here for a long time, and I just really want to sort of get in the elevator so I'm my own little box and stretch and do a little bit of, you know, just, you know, 11 floors worth of yoga. <laughs> and someone else got in the elevator with me from my office, who, uh-huh. you know, I teach mindfulness to her, and we feel, you know, she's a good friend. But it's suddenly like, okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was being mindful of, you know, what's arising about it, this, and I could probably still do it and tell her this is what I was going to do and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like suddenly I didn't. And it was interesting here walking around, and it's like there's a little bit of maybe wanting to stretch a little bit beforehand even, but it's like uh-huh. not, this isn't the time for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and suddenly uh-huh. there was a little bit of a permission. Uh-huh. It was kind of a fun to have that permission, I guess, and mm, have other people doing their own little... Uh, idiosyncratic kinds of stuff and me doing mine and yeah. it was just interesting to suddenly have that permission yeah I it's interesting I mean most likely you're not going to go out on the street and leave flapping your arms and skipping down the road you might I would love to see that <laughs> but most likely not and but there are there's sometimes when we bring our attention into the body we, body, we might actually notice that there's ways in which the body really does need to move. And um, the more we honor that, we might surprise ourselves as far as our connection with our body, our just permission for our body to um, take care of itself, but also it might actually increase our awareness and our enjoyment of bringing attention into the body 
And um, part of that may be just getting uh, used to doing certain movements um, in front of other people. And, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I was thinking coming in today, I have a feeling we've never done something like this in this space before. You know, usually we, <laughs> I've got some head shaking, usually we come and we sit and we're quiet and we're still. And that's that's kind of our unwritten agreement. <laughs> that's what we're going to do as meditators. And, um, and uh, so it may have been a bit awkward and... and um, uh, for some of you, maybe it, it took a, a little while to, to let go of that, that sense of an agreement of stillness into something a little bit different. It wasn't like we were being wild in here or anything, but just it was different, a different expression of practice. And I guess what I'm hoping will come away from all this is that this too can be dharma. <laughs> that it's, this is also dharma to experience the body in flow and in movement. Yeah. In the same vein as he was... uh, In the same vein, um, my body indicates what things it wants to experience Mm -hmm. in in terms of movement. Um... So I used to dance ballet, so I'm more in tune with that. Mm-hmm. And so, even now, as we were talking, my body really wanted to, you know, whatever the body wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But well, nobody's doing, you no, know, nobody else is doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember um, that uh, in the past. When my husband and I traveled a lot, um, and we were like at an airport waiting to get into the airplane or something, I needed to do certain, my body, not me, my body needed to, certain, to do certain things to um, release tension. Yeah. And usually some of these things perhaps may have seemed a little balletic because I was used to it. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I was very careful not to, you know, not to attract attention, but it was amazing. There were many, many people, and the minute I would do something slightly off, you know, everybody looked. <laughs> yeah. It was, that was an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. It felt like being imprisoned mm. by people's opinions of mm-hmm. whether I was crazy or not or yeah. an eccentric or something. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yep, just right behind you. Nan, did you want to? No, okay. Okay, oh, right behind you. Mm. Um, in the last exercise, um, I noticed that well, I, I felt the the pulse and my heartbeat, mm. not only just in this area, but throughout, which was um, wonderful, and I really enjoyed it, in addition to the breathing, and so it was um, a nice, nice thing to be with. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'll just have this be the last one, yeah.
Um, well, I, a couple of uh, things that I noticed. One was that uh, I really had a nice experience with the breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I I have this kind of sort of difficult relationship with my breath. It's always about oh I, I have to come back to the breath and mm-hmm. not just sort of letting it be. And I I did sort of feel for a, a few moments that I was being breathed. Mm. I wasn't breathing. I was being breathed, and it was yeah. just such a um, such a kind of comforting, gentle, uh, lovely feeling mm-hmm. to not be con- trying to control anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was very nice. And then when you were, when we were working on the energy, and I, I was noticing that where I was noticing the energy was kind of in my gut here, and it was this very sort of tired tired energy mm-hmm. and when you asked what color I just thought oh kind of gray and then I thought oh that all that doesn't you know it's tired it's gray and then I thought well let's just try being with that mm. without you know judging it and and then it started to sort of seem more like just sort of this kind of nice gray fog just kind of curling up in some you know it just it it sort of transformed from being this negative thing to just being this kind of cozy, gray, fog, nice mm-hmm. to just, you know, kind of curl up in and rest. Oh, nice. <laughs> just a different, both of those, different perspective of what what was being experienced. That's great. We can do that any time. You know, it's just in our mind how we're perceiving it, right? And so we can decide, actually. We might not be able to change the the, ex- the physical experience of it, but we can decide how we want to relate to it. And that can make such a difference. Such a difference. That's great. When I was thinking about this topic and the importance of bringing attention to movement, um, and actually part of what both uh, of you were sharing about... um, feeling inhibited perhaps uh, of moving the body because of what perhaps other people would think. You know, the more comfortable we can be with our movement and with our body and as practice, as a, as a vehicle for our practice, the more we will be inclined, our mind will be inclined to go there. I think that we can really quickly go up into our headspace and get caught up in the mental doing of practice and figuring it out and analyzing it and planning how it's going to go later and all the things that we do in our mind. And yet we have this really amazing anchor, this um, incredible structure below all of that that's just waiting to be experienced, to be sat in, to be moved in, to um, be paid attention to. And I think that sometimes we don't go there because, we, one, we're not familiar with it. We just haven't spent time there, or we haven't spent a lot of time there. Some of us, um, maybe, maybe bringing attention down into the body is like a really new thing. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, It might be a place that just feels a little uncomfortable. Perhaps we're wondering how other people are thinking about it. 
So the more we can bring our attention down into the body and really feel how it's moving, how it's breathing, um, what it's needing even, and seeing if it's a pro- an appropriate thing to, to actually engage in, um, I think the healthier our practice becomes. It doesn't have to be uh, such a mental exercise or a stale experience of practice. There's so much aliveness within the body and within the body's movements. It's, that movement is a representation that we are alive. That breath as we're breathing in and we're breathing out, that is life that's happening in that moment. Without it, we're not alive. We're not here. And so when we can tap into that, to the experience of our, our body being no different from that amazing movement happening in the jellyfish at the Monterey Aquarium or the um, kelp forest. If you've ever been there, they have a whole kelp forest and you're just watching as the tide, the manufactured tide brings the, the kelp in this swaying motion and all the fish are swaying with it. And you just find yourself staring at it and suddenly you are swaying. You can't help it. (laughs) Because you can feel what is happening externally is also part of you internally. That beauty of movement is also happening internally. And so um, actually this was the last point I want to make is that we can also as we're practicing with movement, not just bring attention internally, but use our external experience as well. I remember sitting on a retreat where, this was in the early days, I was just captivated by wind going through the trees and watching um, the wind going through the trees. And, you know, this is a silent retreat. There's not a lot going on, so you're sitting there anyway, and then you suddenly you know, are engaged in nature in a whole new way. Our devices aren't there. You're not talking with the people next to you. So nature really often opens up for people on retreat. So I was sitting there watching the simplicity of wind passing through the leaves and how exquisite that was. And then immediately felt like, oh, I need to get back to my practice. I'm not practicing And yet, while I was paying attention to what I was seeing and actually not only seeing the movement but feeling the movement within myself, I was absolutely practicing. Not only was I mindful of that moment, but I was very concentrated in that moment. And I remember going to my teacher feeling confused by this, that I felt much uh, more connected and concentrated and mindful in the way that they had been talking about and teaching about when I was watching the movement in nature than when I was just walking and sitting. And it just felt like two different worlds that um, I just uh, I, I just felt like I didn't know which way I was supposed to go. And um, at this time, the instruction ended up being to go out and open my eyes and, and watch the wind go through the trees and see what that experience was. And I'm so glad I was given that instruction because it's one that I've carried through um, uh, retreats after that. This okayness with experiencing the external world and seeing it in these really refined um, movements and then really connecting that back into my own internal experience 
and feeling that connection with my internal world and external world and how much that really supported me. And then, and then being able to go and sit and feel the breath and feel that motion, that rhythm of the breath, or go and do the walking meditation and feel that rhythm uh, in the walking meditation. And, you know, going through the, the meal line and scooping up the food and feeling that same incredible rhythm uh, that lives in everything, it seems. And so as you go out this evening, uh, practice in this way. See what it's like uh, to, to leave the monastery and actually engage with the night air, any of the sounds that you hear, the smells, the, all of that you could see as movement, as aliveness coming through your experience, noticing what arises and then falls and then arises again seeing what it's like to be physically moving as you're walking down the street to your car, to wherever you're going. What is the movement of you and another person as you're walking and talking together? What is that like to have be doing that together, moving together, being in that rhythm together? When we think of it in this way, it's that perception. We just change the way that we're perceiving our experience. It's really in, in, quite enticing And I think you'll find your mindfulness will be strengthened and your concentration will be much stronger as you do it in this way. So I'll end there, and I wish you all many uh, mindful moments, (laughs) lots of continuity in your practice as you practice this week. See if you can bring in this mindfulness of movement and see it as an experiment. See... Um, what it does for you and your mind and your practice. So let's dedicate the merit, the time that we spent together. We uh, come here often to support ourselves, and that's a wonderful thing. And by engaging in a practice like this, by um, listening to the Dharma, by just being here in community and Sangha together, it has ripple effects and, uh, in the world. We're doing something that's really virtuous. We're doing something that is not causing harm. And that makes a difference. And so in that light, we dedicate the merit that we uh, have created here together, not just for ourselves, but actually for all beings everywhere. And we will call out... Um, uh, particular beings who are just in the, the minds and hearts of our community this evening. May all beings be content and happy. May all beings have health in their mind and in their body. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings have a taste of freedom. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit 
dharmaseed.org slash donate.